Building a rock-solid company infrastructure, moving from self-employed into a business system, and why meditation needs to become a pillar in your life. Welcome to episode 35 with the CEO and founder of Valor Media, Michael Valor. You are listening to Len Jones, Party of Two, where experts and influencers speak honestly and openly about their keys to success. Sponsored by TrueFace.ai, where your face is the key. For more information on TrueFace, please contact your host at ian at trueface.ai. Now, pay close attention, because you're going to learn today. What up, what up, party people? We are back and better than ever, so you already know it is a damn good day to have a damn good day. Maybe you can hear it in my voice, but I'm finally feeling better after almost a year of being sick. There's more layers I'm dealing with, but essentially I have this stomach and gut issue called SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, which after doing a two-week elemental diet, we eliminated that ish, so I'm 100% just stoked on life. Now, one of the things I've been forcing myself to marry is this idea of meditation. I don't know if you're like me, but this is likely the hardest skill I've ever attempted because it's just so challenging to truly quiet the mind and to just breathe. The more and more I read about it, the more excited I get about it because it's the gift that keeps on giving. By mastering your mind, you can, as Dr. Joe Dispenza says, become supernatural. Today's guest inspired me to continue plunging deeper into meditation and offers great insight on the subject. At one point, he mentions that we are ignorant to the fact that we can master meditation within a few weeks, which takes monks decades to even come close. This really hit home for me and puts comfort in knowing that mastering your mind is a journey, a long-term journey. And if you're new to the podcast, our mission here is twofold, to educate aspiring entrepreneurs by dissecting the come-up stories of incredible humans, by extracting the golden nuggets that you can apply now to better your life. And second, to have all my friends in life that are making moves, to meet my other friends in life making moves, to create one giant community of extraordinary people. Now, let me tell you about Michael Valor. Mike is one of those one in a million humans where you can listen to him talk for hours. At only 24 years old, he has built a million dollar business with Valor Media and has had multiple successful business ventures leading up to today. Mike has a deep background in philosophy and goes into great detail on topics that will have your head spinning, just trying to keep up. I first met Mike when I was invited to this meeting in Beverly Hills with a group of top performers from CEOs, record label artists and managers, as well as entrepreneurs in various fields. With so much talent in the room, it's safe to say I was focused on keeping my ears open and trying to learn as much as possible. What I found was that all these individuals were captivated for hours by one young 20-something year old talking about his plans for energy conservation and what could be described as complex saving the planet type initiatives. I know it's a bold statement, but I believe that Mike is one of those people that is capable of shaping the future of humanity. And after listening to this podcast, you will understand what I mean. What's extra cool about Mike is just how real he keeps it about the mistakes he's made in his career. His philosophy is that he leaves his ego at the door and admits when he makes mistakes, which is very hard for any CEO, let alone a human in general. He goes into details about one of the most horrifying experiences he encountered in business concerning how a lack of control checks led to a social media atomic bomb that nearly wiped out his entire business. While most could never recover from such an incident, I found it fascinating how he's able to take such a large L and turn it into a W, which takes true character and perseverance. On today's episode, you will learn why meditation needs to become a pillar in your life, new advances in marketing and advertising, how to build a rock solid company infrastructure, the incredible upside of being able to employ virtual assistants, and implementing the philosophy of fail fast in your life and business. On another note, many of our listeners have been asking me to put our live podcast recordings on YouTube. So I'm stoked to say you can now find this episode and all future episodes on YouTube 
just searching for Len Jones Party of Two. Now, before we start, I must say, if you enjoy these podcasts and want to support future conversations like these, please leave a positive review. It means a lot. And so without further ado, let's jump into it. Boom. We're live with the man, Mr. Michael Valor. What up, Mike? How you doing? What's up, guys? How are we doing? There it is. There it is. There's the Valor way of life, that energy that every time <laughs> I go to your Instagram, it's like you're a freaking, you're like a sun. There's planets and there's suns and you're just a straight beaming hot plant, like just energy source. Have you always been that way? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, a funny thing is that I've never even drank coffee in my life. Like I don't do caffeine at all. I wake up like this one time, actually one time I took like one of those like natural brain stimulant things and I got locked in a whole foods bathroom for like two hours. I couldn't get out. I'm serious. You just fell apart. Yeah. Couldn't handle it. Dude. I remember. So when I first met you, I was, we were invited out to this dude's like mansion in Beverly Hills and uh, really unique experience. And I found myself surrounded by like 20, 25 of just these incredible humans, like manager of top producers in the country, some of the brightest entrepreneurs, networkers I've ever met. And I'm in this room just like pinching myself like, holy shit, like how did the, how did the young Jones get in the room with these people? And right. what was crazy is out of all these amazing people, I remember we were all in this theater after this presentation, just hanging out and talking. And all of these super bright minds were all looking in one direction. It was like one person was capturing the attention of all of these superstars. And that was Mr. Michael Valor. And you were talking about some crazy shit. You were talking about energy conservation. Like you were just like Elon Musk's like son is probably like your stepdad <laughs> or some shit. That's awesome. I would like, where did that whole thing come from? Like, what are you up to these days? And I would just love to hear like, the origin story, the OG story. I think you're what, 24 now? Yeah, just turned 24. That's crazy. I mean, like, that's nuts. Like, where did the entrepreneurial journey start for you? Interesting. Um, well, we'll take it back to like 15, 16 years old. Like, it's, it's like the old days. You know, I was rocking pajamas to school. Um, I was doing like quantum mechanics, like quantum physics in my algebra classes, failing algebra. Like, couldn't do simple algebra but I was like doing quantum mechanics under a desk in fetal position, just like writing out like equations. That's just like who I was as a person. I was just an oddity. Wasn't really like socially inept, kind of like disconnected a little bit. And I was like super anti-establishment. Like that's like where my, my core stems from. Right. So then I get introduced to entrepreneurship. And at first, obviously I think this is the same thing with everybody. It's like, you can't do it. You can't do it. That's what, that's like, that's the main thing. Like, that's the thing that I feel like everybody gets when you start off. It's like, you just can't do it. And it's like, people don't realize it's just like riding a bike or anything else. You can't do it when you start off. And to me, it was like, you got to be rich. You got to be smart to be able to do it. And I was none of those two things. I was a person I want, what I wanted to do was be a plumber, take $80,000 a year, build an underground lab and start like creating inventions. That's legitimately what my plan was like not going to college. That was my plan. You know what I'm saying? So a little different than everybody else. Entrepreneurship was the key ticket to me to create this like, this like overseeing mask of a person that could, that could actually break a pattern. That's what I was looking to do was to break a pattern. And I was like, in entrepreneurship, I can create things that break patterns. What do you mean break patterns? First of all, like, I love that just like giddiness you just mentioned. You're, you're a young, young Mike Valley. You're thinking you're literally going to burrow you're gonna go like three stories down mm -hmm. because 
you don't want to you don't know who's watching and mm-hmm. you want to just go down there and invent like you were just super anti-establishment like they're all like holding us back yeah. and you just you like ate that up and and you were oh, just in your, in your own mind just thinking all these different crazy stuff Oh, dude, I'm talking, I'm talking, okay, at this point in time, come from like a relatively poor place. So I'm talking, my bed was like this pad in a six by six room, all over the room, I had tacks of paper of like, I was doing anti-gravity inventions, like mass accelerators, like movement of mass to mass, like just different, different ideas that I was coming up with, like whether it be like warfare or defense or like aerospace or whatever. And I was like the whole, the human mind, at this point in time, I'm talking like my, this is my 16 year old mindset. Okay. Is that there's poison in our food. Our education systems are messed up. Okay. There's, there's open, they're openly trying to like subjugate majority of the people and they create this system so that it's so hard to like get out and over that. It's like the people who do like deserve it. Right. And the people who don't, they just have to like kind of go through like a mundane longer form of life, right? They don't get the chance to experience these things. So what my objective was is, okay, who's controlling this? How do I get to that point, right? As fast as possible, because I'm impatient and aggressive, which has been a benefit and a huge failure in entrepreneurship many, many times over. Um, if you Google my name, you'll, you'll figure that out very quickly. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's it, dude. It's like, I just wanted to go there as fast as I could. I wanted to get to the top as fast as I could. I believed I could. Um, I believed I was like those people at the top. And I was like, okay, if I can go create something very, very quickly to get there, then I'll get there like tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? That's what I was trying to do. Out of all those scientific things you're thinking about, different devices you're building and different accelerators or what, like which one was the most exciting to you looking back? Like which one was the the, the all time? Hmm. Um, that's hard. Uh, I believe there's two. One is that I really love, that I'd like to create still to this day. I believe that there's, a, that there's an equation for this. Um, to slow down time expenditure like on the human body, the effect of time on cells and atoms within a locked in space. So like, let's say I sedated my body and I put like around me, I changed the equation of like reality per se, right? Like my, my mass, my energy, like to preserve my body in that state could then elongate time further, right? If I change like the equation of reality at that time. So gravity, we can get into it for a while, but like, I was thinking like if you increase gravity and speed, and then you keep your body in a preserved state, which is difficult. I mean, there's no way to do that right now. That's why it's not done. You could essentially put your state person in like a state of hibernation. It'll feel like two minutes to you come out 30 years later. That was one of my things. And then was uh, shielding technology was one of my big ones. I really wanted shielding technology. Like Basically, you set a, uh, like a diameter from your body, the radius from your body, and it picks up heat signatures. So when like a bullet would come at you, it would pick up the heat signature and send a force of energy and gravity at that bullet when it picks up that heat signature automatically. You see what I'm saying? So it would scan, it would scan the body. It would understand how far away and distance everything would be. It would pick up a heat signature of like what a projectile would be and send something out to stop it. Now, granted, I have had no funding and no research time to sit down and do these things, but uh, I think it's, I call it integrated thinking. And I, and I got it a lot from the NeoThink series, by the way. That's the book that I got it from. So you're so, thinking about these big ass projects that obviously one man in a, in a basement is going to have, is going to struggle to make progress. <laughs> yeah. with. But yeah. the whole time you're thinking, I need to get to a point maybe where I can 
have a massive operation with the labs and the equipment because long term you you see yourself solving these problems like this is what excites you these big time things that's the whole objective yeah is to get to that point where um we are simplifying and advancing human science at what point did energy become such like a hot shot for you like are you a strong proponent of sustainable energy and just trying to continue the mission of saving the planet and all of the scariness that comes with all of that? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think first and foremost, we should have like a sentimentality to earth. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's talk in like um, cultural speaking, right? So we've got thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. I mean, more years, humans are going to be on earth. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, we're going to exist. We're not going to stop existing. We're going to solve problems and we're going to continue to be problem solvers and adaptive races and, and live on. My thing is I'd like the planet to live on as well while we're doing that. It's very easily, I think culture has two, two very opposite choices. It's like we could just screw earth, suck, suck, suck out of it and move on and get somewhere else and build something sustainable somewhere else. I believe that. But then it's like we're like a nomadic race at that point and we're no longer, you know, stemming from a headquarters. So you're amongst the believers that no matter what, human beings will solve, will fix every problem that we've created. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, um, I think the only person that could stop human beings is another human or humanoid type of individual. So in terms of your work in this realm, so like that project you were talking about in that theater one day, what was that project? Basically, we had built, I had built, um, a pretty residual amount of income at a young age, like 2021, I was so straight. Um, quarter million a year was coming in. Now that's not a tremendous amount of money, but it was enough for me to be that's like, amazing, yeah. I could take that and put it into something else and, and start to build my labs. That's what I was excited to do. You know, like you hear it from me. It's like immediately that's what this kid's trying to do. So it was like, I build the money machine and then I go and I start like causing havoc. You know what I'm saying? I want to like create stuff. And so we just jumped into that so freaking early. We, we created this thing called the Global Development Federation. What it was going to be was going to be like a trilateral approach. We had energy, we had water, and then we had trade. Those were like the three things that I thought were like um, cornerstones of human existence. You know what I'm saying? We need energy. We continually are going to need water. There needs to be better systems to supply water. Some people don't even have water in, on earth right now. And that's like blows my mind that that's the case. It's unbelievable. You know what I'm saying? And then, and on um, the energy thing, it's just like, we're so like rudimentary how we're attaining energy right now. And I feel like that could have a much smoother and quicker transition, especially with the amount of resources we have. I mean, a naive way of thinking, but if applied properly was this, I was thinking humans create money. Okay. Right. Humans right. create money. I know this. So if humans create money, and money is what's stopping us from feeding people or like giving them water. They're dying. Like they're holding trash cans as flies eating their flesh. Okay. This is not good stuff. You know, it's bad. It's really bad. And it's like money's holding it back. And I'm like, we create money. So there's got to be a way that we can like avert funds somehow to create a sustainable place. You see what I'm saying? The resources aren't the problem. It's the money to buy the resources, which is what blew my mind. But there's a naivete when it comes to saying that, that level of thinking. So what was the solution though? Cool. So what the plan was, was, um, and I'm really proud of this dude. This was like first master plan coming out of 21, like out of a, out of a room, like a little room in an apartment. Like I'm thinking this, you know? 
So plan was we're going to um, hire freelancers like virtual assistants. Okay. And I had a team of them. We had like over 20 at one time. Okay. Wow. And they are looking up, I'm paying them like four bucks an hour, by the way. Okay. So this is the, you can get freelancers for super cheap. So it's like four bucks an hour is a reasonable livable wage in another country. All they're doing is research. So I would give them these research tasks. Hey, find this person, this person, this person, show me a list of 90 people who claim that they have solved the energy crisis with a device. You know what I'm saying? Give me a list of those people. And then what we would do is I'd have my callers call them and book appointments for me. And I would get on the phone with them and I would say, Hey, what's going on? My name is Michael Valor from the global development federation, right? Uh, I see that you are claiming that you can solve the energy crisis and I would love to assist you on that journey. And the idea was to assist them as much as possible, whether that be like finding them investment capital or just getting the word out, like marketing and branding for them, like structuring deals. These are scientists guys. Like these are guys like, they're in their garages building stuff or they're in like school labs. They're not thinking like, how can I bring this to like a national scale? You see what I'm saying? There's a lot of bureaucratic blocks that I was trying to smash at the age of 21. So you're, you're created this little machine. You got your virtual assistants as if you're running a hundred person organization. Mm-hmm. And what did you learn in that process? Did you realize like, holy shit, like these people, I can actually get in touch with these huge high rise individuals very fairly easily just by fairly easily a few pieces together and that probably just blew your mind and started to make you think much bigger i mean the thing about it is it's like nobody listening to this listen nobody listening to this it's not it's not as hard as you think to do any of the things you're thinking to do okay it's just hard in the way of thinking that you have right now that's it there is a solution you just got to be open to like finding that solution and that's like the same reason like when the gdf took its turn that it did and we'll get into that i'm sure it's like I had to just accept like, oh, damn, like I was wrong about that change. Boom. This next thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You just rolled with the punches and kept it going. Dude, if you're, if you're only wrong for three seconds and you just go right back to right, then how often are you wrong? You know what I'm saying? Like if, if it's like, dude, you're wrong here. Okay, fantastic. I'll do it like this next time. Done. So you, you believe strongly in kind of the ideology of fail fast. Fail so fast. I want you to fail so fast. Humans have been doing it. Look, how about this? How about this? Let's look at it like this then. All right. Like as a macrocosm, I believe macro, micro, very similar in origins. Okay. So macrocosm, right? We're looking at human society. Now, right now we try things way faster than we did then. Yeah. I mean, we just went and we kind of like, we tried the aqueduct situation. It was slow. took time. Like even to build things to test them, to try them, it took time. Now we can build things, test them, try them immediately, run through a hundred different options. And it's going to continue to speed up that way over time. The more, the faster we try and test different methods, the more things, number one, we'll stumble upon in an indirect fashion. And two, the faster we'll come to our answer. Which like maybe individual in your life, like, would you say has had the most profound effects in your life? Like when you looked at someone or you met a certain person, you don't have to mention their name or maybe just describe like characteristics. Like, is there a certain person that made you, unlock like a special ability that you never knew you had in a sense? Hmm. Um, I'd say there was like probably two big moments, two big moments. Um, the first one was when I found out books are real. Okay. When I found out they were real, like they were actually real things. Like, cause before that, my experience with books was reading new two strikes back in third grade. You know what I'm saying? Like I was not reading books, you know? I was kind of thinking on my own and letting go. I honestly, I was so anti-establishment that I was like, I don't want the books in my head. I want my head to be my head. You know what I'm saying? 
And then, so that was, that was crucial to me, like jumping into the minds of geniuses really quick and reading their books. I think that was a pivotal point. Um, and then number two, I'd say is just the person that I met that I would say like I vibed with the most probably would be Lou Kessler. That'd be like my best friend guy that I was like really connect with that like he didn't stop me from talking, I think. And that just allowed me to, to go further. Like boundaries are breaking because of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For the listeners, we did a podcast with Luke about five or six episodes ago and um, phenomenal human being, just moving things forward, leading by example, making moves. And it's really cool because I found that uh, we were all in this company um, called Bima together, which ultimately led to so many amazing relationships. But out of all the different teams and groups I met, these Michigan kids were always just like brothers, like brothers in arms. Like after Vima, they continued to go on and build businesses together. And there was just this amazing entrepreneurial society that was built amongst people believing in each other. And I think the big lesson there is when you get really smart people that are driven together to move each other, they just help and make each other such better people. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. 100%. I um, also entice you to find your um, exact opposite in business. And like, if you two can be malleable in the same room and you're just so opposite in ideologies, you will find like, I mean, we were doing leaps and bounds, quantum jumps in, in, in learning, understanding, building infrastructure, work systems, like what was possible. And it's just because we were so different. You know what I'm saying? We were challenging each other's thoughts and allowing those challenges to take place. Yeah. And a lot of times people see stuff in you, you don't see in yourself. So maybe you take someone like Luke that like, holy shit, this kid is a little super genius. I got to see what else he can do. What else can you do? And now, and now, and you just keep going down that rabbit hole. And, and you mentioned that you created this kind of money machine at an early age. Obviously, yeah. you know, financial freedom is something that every human strives to do. I think that we as young humans think that it's the most important thing in the world. And then as we age, we realize it doesn't matter, but it does matter to a big degree at a certain level because without money, nothing moves. It matters a lot. Matters. At, at what point for you was that like breakthrough? Like how were you generating this huge cash like at an early age? Um, and like, was there any like big hiccups during that whole operation or was yeah. it pretty smooth? Would you say? Hiccup city, bro. Hiccup city. Talk about hiccup city. Here's the thing. I've created financial freedom and this is funny. I've created finance freedom three times. I'm on my third time where I'm like, this is my biggest time too, which is awesome. Like to every time that it's gone down, it's came back bigger. And that's a really crucial thing for entrepreneurs to know in general, especially when you're starting off. Cause the thing about it is you think like the first one goes down and you're like, no, like I'm ruined, you know? And the second time right. it's like, ah, yeah. oh, it just happened. Like, how could it be happening again? And it's like, it's going to keep happening. You know what I'm saying? It's going to continue to happen. You're going to go down and you're going to come back bigger and better every single time. The decision about it is, do I continue to move forward or do I not? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and I know that's pretty cliche, but that's legitimately like what has kept me in the game for so long, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and what was that like first business? What were you guys doing? Average Joe promo, man. I was, uh, average I was Joe promo. That's dope. yeah. Yeah. By the way, LLC still exists. So like on all my credit cards now, like I'm swiped for 30 G's. It's like average Joe. Like that's all I am, baby. That's it. So, um, I think that's cool. It's kind of got like a symbolism to it. I've always kept that as just being my first business. We were 16 years old. We were working for me and like some of the homies were working for a newspaper and we were selling newspaper ads. 
So marketing and advertising has always been my shindig. I love that. That was my move. And that's what brought me into like meeting like Luke and and like the Vima guys in general was because I was already winning in a traditional business space. I had not even heard about network marketing at all until I was 19, 20. You know what I'm saying? So I did three years traditional business, like no holds bar. What we were doing is, and I think this is really easy, by the way, right? Especially right now. I mean, this is crazy because even five years ago, it was way harder. Creating cash now, simple, simple. You can find somebody who is already doing it very, very easily. They're, they're trying to have you find them. You know what I'm saying? They want yeah. you to. You know, you can study so much of their free material. YouTube University is real. You know what I mean? And you can pick any avenue. I got, got like ATM businesses, Amazon automation, social media agencies. You want to go into sales, uh, real estate, whatever. Go and name it. You name it. You know, like people are doing Forex trade. Name it. You can literally sit down and find someone who's already succeeded in it and, and just win pretty, pretty almost immediately. Like, like you could see results in like three months tops and that's nuts. Like that's nuts. A hundred years ago, people are apprenticing at shoe shops. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to learn how to like whittle heels down for like years. They're like, I apprentice here for seven years. Now it's like three months and you can learn a brand new skill. You just got to go all in on it. I think the biggest fault of our generation when it comes to money making, if we're just talking about simple cash generation anywhere between, and I've seen just for me to speak out and like be honest and open about things is I've seen anywhere between like five G's a month, which is like, hell yeah, you know, you're making money, feel you're feeling good all the way up to a hundred, 120 G's a month, which is where we're sitting at now. And it's like, that's a big jump. But the things that I learned along the way, every single level was different. Five G's to 25 G's, totally different. 25 G's to 50 G's, totally different. 50 G's to 100 G's, totally different. And I, I saw something you were posting the other day and it was about like uh, Robert Kiyosaki and like going from like self-employed to a business system. And I think that was the biggest number one point in the last two years anyway, that I've gained in entrepreneurship was going from being a self-employed guy who was making five to 25 G's fluctuating based on my current business success, whatever that may be all the way up until creating a business system, which is Valor media current company I run. And now it's like, we have a system in place, right? Operations, there's workflows. I know what positions are needed to complete certain jobs, how many hours it takes for those jobs to complete monetization of those hours. You know what I'm saying? If it takes 23 minutes to create this job, to do this job, whatever it is, okay? And I'm paying someone $8 an hour. Then that costs $3.70. And I can perform a human task for a client that they would now think to be like more than that $3.70. That's where the business margin is. See what I'm saying? But I'm, right. making, I'm making cash off the training, the operations, the workflows, things that they can't do or don't have time to do or think they have no capacity to do, right? Right. The, the, one, the one big nugget there that is so crucial is you mentioned all this easy access to all of this information that you have at the tip of your fingertips. But the hardest part, which is, seems like the easiest part, I feel like is just staying focused on something for a long enough period of time to get good. And like you said, three months is a long time for our yeah, generation. I know. With all the social media distractions. And it seems like you can really lock in. So just before I, before I lose, what was Average Joe Promo's first doing? Okay. Average Joe Promo, this is like eight years ago. We really got rocking with this, maybe seven. And we were building Weebly pages for local businesses. Okay. We were doing web design. All right. 
And then we did, uh, I was like pulling off like uh, black hat sites, SEO stuff. So like social signals, keywords, like uh, PR9 backlinks is like big. And we were just reselling them. So we were just finding like vendors as like random websites basically and reselling them and bringing them to small businesses for low cost and effective advertising. And then we were doing pretty well with that. Like not, nothing crazy. Keep in mind, I was 17 years old, you know? Um, so maybe we're making like two G's a month, maybe between two people. You know what I'm saying? Sick, and, and yeah, I was like, all right, cool. We got a couple clients for 600 bucks a month. That's what it was. And that was like, we were 17 and it was like, awesome. This is great. Then I came to one of my friends, Hans, he's my VP. And I was like, look, I got an idea. I want to change it up. And he was like, what? What are, you, what are you talking about? Like, why would we change this? We're doing well. You know, we're making some money now. And I was like, dude, we need to sell these cards. Okay. And what a life change that was. What a life change that was. Because like, there are these little cards. You've seen them. You've seen football teams sell them. You know, they got little businesses on the back. The, the tidbit with ours is that it's good for a year. It's not like a one-time use. You could keep using it to build buying habits for the businesses. Is this, actually, is this like, it's just like a card that has like value to it so that you get businesses to like, if you use this card, you get like $10 off at this store and $10 yeah. off like that. So it was like these famous deals at these places that were exclusive to the AJP card and they could, and the people we sold it to can use it all year long. By the way, it's a great business model for anyone listening. Cause like, if you can duplicate this, like it's just stupid money, seriously. But we, uh, we, yeah, we had these great deals on the back of this card. People were using them over and over and over again. Right. And so what we did is we had access to the high schools. So I created this thing called the power up program where basically we would go into high schools and we talk to high school kids about entrepreneurship and like how to like leverage uh, business and put something on the resume and they would all sign up to sell cards. And we put a minimum and I was like, you got to sell 20 cards a week. Mm. And the cards were 20 bucks. Okay. The cards were 20 bucks to each like house. So they would go door to door and they would sell cards and they'd build like, dude, the kids are building like crazy good confidence. Like they were getting really like full of themselves, like love and life. Like, oh my gosh, like I, they're door knocking, you know, it's not an easy position, right. but they were making sales. So the kids made eight bucks. I made eight bucks and then I had managers over the kids make it four bucks. So I didn't even have to touch the kids. I didn't have to deal with the kids. You know what I'm saying? So my managers were in each district, which were other, my friends basically. And they were like keeping the kids on track to sell 20 cards a piece. And we had 20 or 30 kids at each district. You know what I'm saying? So, and I'm making $8 a card on every kid in the entire district. You know what I'm saying? That's it, it got big very quickly. So was it just like a straight cash business? Yeah. I mean, we, the thing about it was we were, I would walk into the bank with like only twenties and checks and I would have like hundreds of checks, hundreds of $20 checks. Well, I remember one weekend we did 33 grand in cash and checks and I walk into the bank. I'm 19, I'm 19. And I'd be like, put this on the bank. And then I had to stamp each check. I mean, we bought a stamp and we were like thinking about buying a stamp too. I'm paying $250 in rent at this point in my life. You know, like I'm not, I'm 19 years old, you know? We're ramen noodling it like crazy, you know, <laughs> and just making cash. Yeah, that was the first business. That's insane. At what point were you like, shit, I'm in over my head, like when that, when you're doing that? So it was our, when it started succeeding, I think um, there's like a meme you always see, right? And it's like, you're not always scared of the failures, you're scared of the success. So like when it starts succeeding, you're like, oh, damn, like what's going to happen? You know, like taxes, like I don't know anything about that, you know, like <laughs> is that a problem? Like, uh, could we keep the kids? What happens when the kids go away? And so we got 
we got really big, really, really fast and churned like a stupid amount. And then the kids, like the thing about it is the thing about that business is you got to keep going in and pumping new sales reps up out and, and like, then they go to college and they go and do their own thing. And now you lost your, your sales team. So it's like, go back to high school, train those kids again for it's, it's a little rough of a position, but during the runs, you're making killer cash. I know a bunch of kids that actually took the idea from the high schools and went to their college towns and did it there and made money again. Dude, that is so cool. Like what a learning experience. And it's like, like you said, I like how you said, like you don't know what happens at the end of the success. You're just always like broke. You're like, I want to get there. But then you get there, you're like, oh shit, I'm in uncharted territory. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's crazy. And then you just keep like, you know, you walk in there an anxiety monster and you figure it out. But that's the coolest thing is that you're just figuring it out as you go. You're having these experiences. You start thinking bigger and thinking brighter. And now all of a sudden, the little moves you're making, you're saving 100x time that you would have done five years ago just because of little tiny hacks that you found out. Oh my God, yeah. So many times over. So many times over. I, like I said, I told you the thing that I've learned right now is just business infrastructure business infrastructure, like operational workflows. Like once I got that down and I figured out, okay, this job costs this much and they do this, this is what they're responsible for. And then they, and then you quality check that. And I learned the quality check process recently. Like I wasn't even quality checking, I think like a year and a half ago, maybe. And quality check was just looking over my employees work. I just wasn't doing that because it was like, we were moving so fast. You know what I'm saying? that it was like, this is agency time because now we're running Valley Media, you know what I'm saying? And so we, we had a creative director. I don't know if you're like, I don't know if you're gonna bring this up like anytime in the, in, the, in the call or anything. But yeah, if you Google me, you'll see there was a huge like outrage with our creative director in Washington, DC. And it was like the scariest moment of my life, seriously. Seriously, damn. Oh yeah. I mean, dude, now that you, now that you brought it up, like <laughs> I probably got to talk about it. I yeah, got you got to talk about it. <laughs> um, all right. So here's so the deal. Sh- so shit hit the fan. Shit hit the fan. Shit hit the, uh, the fan was shit. The fan <laughs> was shit. Um, and, and it, like, it was so crazy. Like taking that responsibility really like framed me into being like more of a CEO than just like an entrepreneur. Right. And, um, so GDF, we were doing that GDF thing, like I, what we were talking about before. Yep. And by the way, this is going to be sporadic. It's me. So it's like, Lord knows what's going to come out. You know what I'm saying? Boom. Um, <laughs> that's good. Keep it, keep it coming. I love it. <laughs> so GDF was taken off. We did really good. Blah, blah, blah. We made this, We were like contract time with the United States. The OECD gets involved, OCD, whatever, um, gets involved. And they start writing this contract. We get kicked out of the contract. We're kids. We didn't know we were supposed to be in the contract. There was no contract in existence. And we were getting like framed out basically. And me and Luke, it was me and Luke actually. And we were just like, screw this. Like, why are we getting framed out? We were just working on this for a whole year, like heart and soul into this man, like made this thing pop. And then we got framed out of the contract. So I go back to the drawing board and I look at my initial cash cow that I started GDF with, which at AJP, Average Joe Promo. And I'm like, damn, like we went less than half what we were doing before because I wasn't focused on it. You know what I'm saying? I was jumping to this other like illustrious shit. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't have a proper infrastructure. It was running off me. And so I was like, I got to go back into marketing and advertising, obviously. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the move. That's what I know. And yeah, so we started rocking and rolling. Um, I went to, I went to, uh, before we get into everything else, I went to a mastermind with Leo Burnett, big advertising firm in Chicago for the World Future Society. Um, they're the top 1300 researchers in the world. Like uh, their conferences are amazing. These are the guys who are talking about the science that 
like I was referring to earlier. Like these guys are doing it. They're out there doing it, which is awesome. I'm, the Crown Prince of Dubai is in the society. Like it's a big, it's a big organization. Shit. Yeah. Um, actually, I was requested to be CEO and uh, or CEOO. I got offered the position. I turned it down for the GDF when I was 21. So yeah. That so, must have been like a big head raiser. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I mean, the thing was, it's like I had a team of people around me who were counting on me to do this GDF thing. Right. And I get offered a 250 grand like job and it's a job. And I just wasn't, I was like, I'm anti-salary. like no job. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I don't yeah. want a job, you know? And yeah, so I turned it down and um, went into the GDF. GDF pops off like bad. And then I'm like, damn, what are we going to do? Like what's going on? You know? And so we go into Valor Media. And so is that uh, when like the, the, when you say the shit hit the fan, like did that, was that the incident that you're referencing was just really nah. bad? No. Okay. Nah. That wasn't even, that wasn't even as bad as what's coming up. And that was bad. People, okay, okay. that would have been life shattering. I mean, it was confidence life shatter. Nice. The PDF situation. By itself. This is, this is the good stuff. This is the juice. Keep it coming. Yeah, dude. I love the juice. I like it's, I mean, it's just about being real, dude. That's the thing to me. It's like hundred percent very open and honest. Like there's a lot of people like to put like a face on and act like things aren't actually happening. Mm -hmm. And it puts this like distortion on what entrepreneurship is. And you got to understand, I have been ransacked multiple times in entrepreneurship, like, like just to the side, like tackled by life. Life happens, especially when you're trying to move fast. You're trying to build big. You're trying to live unreasonable. It's like, dude, unreasonable things are going to happen to you. You're going to get cut out of a multi-billion dollar contract. It's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Um, like we caught it on zoom. The dude was like, yeah, I like straight up lied to you. And it's like nothing you can do about that. So watch out for that. Get it on paper. That was the lesson done, you know? So next thing. So I opened this advertising agency and we do some big stuff for like big fortune 500s. We had like Walmart campaign, travel channel campaign. We did good stuff like regional, not like national, but good, awesome, big things. I meet this guy named Johnny from Johnny's pizza here in Raleigh, North Carolina. He hears about us. Okay. I'm very connected in the political space here in Raleigh. This is Raleigh. And I, we were doing like stuff for the mayor's campaign. Um, the county commissioner is a current client of ours. Like, so we were pretty well known. And this guy approaches me and he's like, I want to be the most famous guy in pizza. And I'm like, so imagine you're going from a US DOE meeting where you're pitching technologies to this guy's now saying he wants to be the most famous guy in pizza. And you're like, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I've never heard of that. I was like, I never heard of that. And I've just like stayed open and malleable to life and whatever it leads me to do. So I was like, okay, let's Sounds try good. this. So we get into hospitality. This was two years ago. Okay. And so we get into hospitality. I'm blowing up. Like the, the agency's kicking ass. Reason being is because we founded this principle called impact marketing. This is where we're at right now. Okay. And impact marketing is basically where I am gorillaing the hell out of the sales process. So I have sales admins because admins is my game. Like that's what I'm good at. You know, training human resources is what I'm is boss. Like that's, that's the thing I could do the best. So it's like, like compartmentalizing and, and building them like a, like a machine, human resources to do something. So what I did was, is I have all these sales admins in the direct messages, converting people all day long long, all day long it, for food sales. So like if we're selling pizza, I can guarantee you 50 new customers to your restaurant in a day if, I, if, you, want, if you want that. You know what I'm saying? Crazy, crazy. Plus modularizing that to be super cheap. So we got the, the product cost down to like $500 to $800 a month. And I'm promising 25 to 30 new customers a week for restaurants, like crazy. But we developed that product because of Johnny. Now, 
here's where the here's where the shit hits fan. So product's really awesome. Everybody loves it. Mike made something cool. We're doing well. You know, like everybody's feeling good. So we hire a new creative director to write our tweets, to write our posts. Okay. I trust this creative director. I'm like, dude, do whatever you got to do. Like I trust you full autonomy. The creative process should not be shackled. Right. That's what I believe. Okay. Was not thinking at all that ISIS would come up. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so building my agency upfront guy, kicking it, you know, really working hard, grinding. I mean, years, this is like over a year. Now the agency's doing really, really well. Like we're profiting We're we've got like 50 or 60 restaurants in the agency, like doing well. And, um, yeah, so I get a call at 7 PM and it's from uh, my friend, Peter, who owned the, the restaurant at the time. And he's like, Hey man, like, we got to get this post off. Like what, what did, what are you guys thinking? Like, get it off. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't, obviously I didn't pick it. So I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, of course. Like, no problem. We're 24 seven. So like customer service is like one of my big things. I care about that. You know, like everyone I work with is my best friend. So I go in, get it off immediately. Like, I'm dude, I'm so sorry about that. Like, I, I don't even know what that post was. I didn't know. I like, it, it was like an execution post of like this world famous journalist, this amazing guy. And he's, in this like derogatory ISIS post on one of my clients pages and I'm freaking out. Okay. I'm like, Oh my God, like, that's not good. That is not good. Like even for the reason of like, just I'm upsetting this guy, you know, like his memory, you know, and I care about legacy. Like that's my biggest thing. So this creative director just went off and did this post without even thinking kind of, and it just, she like formal statement wise, it was an accident. It was like, I was, I was a copy and paste. Like she was doing so many tweets and she was, she was doing a lot of tweets, but like, she just didn't review anything. We didn't have quality checks in place. Like I told you. And it was like, it just went up. And so we take it down. It was up for 40 minutes. Okay. So not long at all. We caught it quick. And, um, there was like a, a little bit of backlash. People were upset about it. And I was like, okay, you know what I'll do? I'll make a video of me. I'll take the blame. I'll be like, look, I'm sorry. We didn't mean to do that. You know, like my creative director is a good person. Like it was a complete accident guys. Like, I'm sorry. And I took it lightly because I didn't think anyone was going to be like really upset, like truly upset about it. Plus, I didn't think that many people saw it. I was like, look, I'll just apologize. I'll come out and I'll say, hey, it was us, you know? You know, like put your hands in the air. Yeah, like, yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't mean to do that. You My know? bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just got the call, you know? So I'm like, just make this video. So I make this video. I'm smiling. I'm a happy person. So I'm just like, I'm so sorry, guys. Like, this will never happen again. It was a great learning experience for us. Boom. Okay. I felt good about it. We put it up. Largest outrage on the internet like I've ever experienced ever. 100,000 tweets in a day and a half. I'm on um, Barstool, New York Times, Washington Post, CBS, Adweek, like everything. I'm getting hit up by journalists are following me into the movies. Like they're chasing me around. Seriously. Yeah. Crazy. It went, it went nuts. It Holy went nuts. shit. Yeah. And, and so, you're 20, how old? 23. I was just, this was last year. This was last like, year. Yeah. Okay. Like, 100,000 tweets. 100,000 tweets, maybe more than that. That might be low-balling. It was 100,000 solid views on, okay. the, on the video. They're, 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 they're just the video of you apologizing. Yeah, just video of me apologizing. People tore me up. They went off. Like, Twitter trolls out to destroy, okay? Right, right. Oh, hard. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, dude, like, how is this? And I told you, it's like in entrepreneurship. It happens a million times. It's like, oh, like, the GF thing just happened. 
We just climbed out of that, created another good business that was working and providing value to the marketplace, like really winning on the monetary side and like infrastructure. I was like, wow, we're doing well. And then this thing hits and it's just like, like, how, how could that, how could, why, you know, you're asking the girl, you're like, how would you even think to post that? You know what I'm saying? Like, where did that come from? And she's just like, I'm sorry, it was an accident. And it's like, there's nothing you could do, you know, like fate just deals you the hand you're dealt with. Right. And so end up, I get on the phone with his mom. Um, I watch his documentary on Amazon. Like I'm learning about this guy. It makes me even more upset. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, this guy's amazing. Like he did things that no one else was doing. James Foley, like amazing guy, incredible character. Okay. And like just such an accident that would diminish him. So I had to turn it around. I'm like, okay, how can we make this like a positive? Now, keep in mind at the same point in time, a bunch of my clients are like super scared because they're like, oh my gosh, like he's doing my tweets too. This might happen to me. And I'm like, oh. So you're no, losing like, clients. Losing, losing is an understatement. Losing right. clients is an understatement. Yeah, we're, you're getting dumps, yeah. We're plummeting. We're plummeting. We're plummeting. I mean, like rocket ship to the ground, engine failure plummeting in, in a two-day period, Okay. We're talking about like, I have infrastructure that I have to pay for operations, you know, like there's mm -hmm. employees, there's softwares, there is office costs and we're losing all of our revenue immediately in, in like a three day period. So it's like, maybe we fold the business, like it's done. Like that one, that one post that that one girl put up that one time, like could ruin everything of like years of work. And that's the moments that I'm talking about that are like so defining. It's like, how can I turn this into a positive thing? So come out with another video. And I was like, look, this is what we're going to do. I am going to donate to this cause. Okay. James Foley foundation. Okay. I am going to donate to it. Peter's going to donate to it. Who was the owner of the restaurant at the time. Okay. And I want everybody who had something negative to say to donate $1 to a good cause. You know what I'm saying? And it did. I mean, it turned it around a lot of people. I got to talk to his mom and like, we, we got pretty close. Like, on the phone, we had a great conversation. I talked to people who had affected like his best friends and stuff. Like all, it was crazy, like a life altering situation. Wow. So you like got deep with the families. Oh, the yeah. family. You know more about this guy than anyone in the world. <laughs> I, I took the time, you know, like, like if you're out there and you make a mistake and it's like, for me anyway, it's just like, dude, I'm in a, and excuse my language here, but I'm just in a fuck me mentality. Like that's, I, I tell my employees that all the time. I'm going to say that for the rest of my life. I think it's just like, dude, if I mess up, fuck me. Like, I'm not trying to be like, I'm not trying to hold my pride or like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't have, I didn't have quality checks in place. That was a big fuck up. I had no idea ISIS was ever going to come out. I don't even think about ISIS in my day to day life. You know what I'm saying? I'm so anti ISIS. If they just saw me, they'd kill me. I know that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I don't, you know, and it's like, it's just what a whirlwind. And I had to, you just have to accept it. Take the punch to the face and move on. The only thing you could do, like things happen. So that happens in you. Like, you're just like, you go from this like period of just like complete smashing it. Like you're like the definition of a young freaking entrepreneur. Um, you're like on your way to Forbes 30 under 30. Like mm -hmm. life is insane. You get this tweet. The next thing within an hour or two days, you put this video out, 100,000 retweets. Mm -hmm. The world is just trying to, catch on like f you this. Want this watch this watch this for watch this for a sideline clip it ha it's it's talking about like uh like uh big sports updates you know like people are moving teams like like huge news i guess like in the world and and number five is at Valorcorp sucks that's what it says on the on like barstool news it's like that it's like that it was that serious in two days in less than 48 hours 
And then this little tiny thing comes out, which ends up not being a tiny thing. And you're just crushed. I mean, dude, did you go into like a pure, like, like, did you go into a pure depression where you like, holy, did you hit a point where you're like in a room, like with your parents, like, holy fuck, like, am I going to get hurt? Are people going to like attack me? Like, so there was definitely death threats. There was a, a good amount of death threats. My, my thing is, and this is just me. I don't respond emotionally to things the same way that everyone else does. I just don't, I just purely don't. And um, I'm very resilient. Like I go through things fast. You know what I'm saying? Like if it's pain, accept all of it, done, I'm done. Like crush me for a second and, I'm, and that's it. You know, it's ripped the bandaid off, that's it. You know, like, so we're sitting there and we go down from 70 or $80,000 a month in revenue to 15 or $13,000 a month in revenue in two days, okay? So catastrophic life change, catastrophic, okay? Guy gonna fire people. How am I gonna continue to service the clients that decided to stay with me? God bless them for doing so and trusting me and understanding that's never gonna happen again. Now we have to create quality checks, workflows. How can I get uh, quality check managers, operation managers to like look at posts before they go up, like get approval by clients, everything. So the company completely changed in that moment. And I think, I think at the end, at the core of it, what we did was we raised revenue for a really good cause. We're still doing it right now. We're talking about something that's like, Oh my God, James Foley is like a legend. This guy's a genius. And then there's that. So you raise money for it. You raise awareness for it. And then you just changed a young entrepreneur's life and an advertising company forever, you know? And I foresee Val Valor Media being here for decades. I mean, we'll be servicing hospitality for a long, long time. Dude, your story is so similar to BK Bareko's story. That's cool. You I'm know? down to be in that club for sure. <laughs> they, went, they went from 221 million to negative 7 million in two days off of an allegation that they ended up winning in court, which is just in, in, insane. That is. Um, that whole story for everyone listening in, I think it's episode eight of the podcast. It's just one, it's insane. It's insane. And you'll definitely be hearing more on that when he publishes his book and some other cool things. But that's crazy, man. And like in terms of like saving the brand, what goes through your mind in terms of saving the brand? Like, do you look at that? Like you, you bottle it up, you put out this good stuff. Valor Media, is it like one of those things that you got to change Valor Media to something else? Or is it just you got to flood it with the good and just bring it down? I think this. I think if the ideology is that I have to change the name of the company because of a mistake within the company, then Nike would have changed their name. You know what I'm saying? H&M would have changed their name. These massive organizations. And how about this? Companies are people in, in, in every sense of the word, right? They're made up of people and people make mistakes. You have mistakes in your life. If you make mistakes in your life, does that mean you need to just reduce yourself to like change your name, change your identity, right? Like you don't, you bounce back, you get better, you accept what it is and you move on. That's the healthiest way to do things. And I believe like if we're going to do that from like a human or psychological standpoint, why not from the company? You know what I'm saying? Dude tip my hat off to you, bro. Unbelievable that you're out here telling that story openly, keeping it real, being sure. authentic, being so open. I mean, that's amazing. That's like the qualities of, of a true leader. That's the qualities of a pre like, I mean, I don't know, of, of a president or someone that's making huge moves. I mean, just my hat off to you. That's, Thank you. I mean, something even like one hundredth of that capacity and scale kills people oh, yeah. has people going freaking suicidal i've seen it yeah and here you are taking that at 23 years old you're a little delicate little flower in the big mm -hmm. scheme of life things mm -hmm. and you're just like all right taking it 
boom, out of my conscious, moving forward. Yeah, it's all you can do, dude. I mean, the thing about it is it's like my life is, I mean, in 10 years, I'm 34. That's ridiculous. I'm young then, you know what I'm saying? Uh, for what, what Valor Corp as a whole, because that's like the mother company of it all, is going to create, whether that be a thought school, which is something I'm looking to do down the line, um, like, a tra- like a train of thought, like um, kind of like stoicism for like a Marcus Aurelius ordeal. Um, yeah. And how he, he released meditations. Is that, your, is that your jam? I love, I love meditations by Marcus Aurelius. I really do. Um, I'm kind of like, what I like to be, is for me anyway, is a mixture of meditations by Marcus Aurelius for the, for the human physical, like carnal factors of life. Buddhism for the peace and spirituality of it. Cause that's the thing I found. Like, I guess every word holds a code and it holds a feeling. You feel a certain way about a word. And I feel like Buddhism like really holds the word that I'm trying to feel. And then I think um, the last thing would probably be like an anti-establishment type of um, rabbit hole character. Like I'd like to, I'd like to own the biggest house inside the rabbit hole. That's what, that's what my move is. I, I love the rabbit hole. I want rabbit hole, Buddhism, and, and uh, stoicism. Can you explain the rabbit hole? I could explain um, how I feel about the rabbit hole, I guess. Yeah, do um, that. All right. So I think it's basically this. I think we're all living in reality, right? You got reality. Then there's consciousness, which is experiencing this reality, right? All of reality is, is the matter that was made up from, this is in theory, right? The bang of antimatter matter come together. That one matter over the thousandth of antimatter is what we all are. Once we disintegrate into dust, the elements kind of spread out and they create new things. Our integrated and interconnected minds come together to decide what all of these things are and the properties of these things, right? Because our consciousness build upon each other to create what this, what these atoms look like, feel like, and act like, right? So that as time goes on, as time goes on, we will learn more and more of these things. Right now, we're living in basically a figmentation of quanta, and quanta is just the informational bits of the universe. And as it expands, in uh, as it expands even on the edges of the universe, it we are creating that through our through our mentality. Everybody's a computer. Everybody's a computer. Right? It's like my brain operates more than a quantum computer. We are trying to mimic in, in uh, microchips or whether water memory holds or when we get into quantum computing, the human brain, you know what I'm saying? And so we've got this huge computer and everyone's got a computer and all the computers are connected and we're all kind of creating like this operating system, which are like these laws that like we all kind of have to abide by, right? And it's weird because it's like if you shout enough about certain laws, you can, you can have all all the computers kind of program to that program and and that can kind of change the wave of like how things happen and it's so slow and monotonous and like and like subtle that you can't tell the distinct difference because our eyes are so carnal right you don't see because of our of our time expenditure of as humans right but all of these ideas all these ripples variably change everything all the time all the time and I think we're just living in that gigantic pool of like human paint and it's just always changing and, 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 and shifting. And you have an option. It's like, you could be a loud megaphone. That's like trying to change the codes of all the computers around you, or you can just operate on your own code and think that like, if I make my code strong enough, it'll start to like create something more solid that people can latch onto. Right. So like if I create a thought school or an ideology, 
right? Like even in a religion, in my, in my, in my belief, it's like that's a, a firm, firm, affirmed belief that a bunch of computers have decided to say this is it. This is this, this in writing is what it is. And because of that, it adds power to that thing. It doesn't take away power from it. It adds power to it because all the computers are believing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, dude. It's, everything's got its origin and you're looking to create a whole new infrastructure. Trying yeah. to create a new origin for sure. Dude, that's insane. And what is someone like for you, you're doing all this stuff, you're running this, like what are like on a daily basis, are you waking up? Like what's your like day to day? It's like, what's the dailies that you're doing? Like cool. what, are, what are some things that if you don't do, you feel like you can't operate correctly? And or the things that just make you feel like euphoric and just make you work better. Okay. okay. What's the schedule? Um, so every day, every day has to have meditation in it. Every day has to have meditation. I think meditation is an ancient art for a reason. Um, it's very important to silence the mind. The body speaks. Meditation helps. Done deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, how about this? I mean, let's just drop, let's just drop this little piece of information in, into, the, into the pool. Placebos exist for a reason. Okay. Like, that's it. That's it. Like, your mind can decide things. I'm sorry, you know, like, that's what it is. A reason why someone can respond in a variable test group with a placebo the same way that they do if, if they have the actual drug is because they believe it's working. They believe it's the, it's the actual pill without a shadow of a doubt. You see what I'm saying? And I think getting in touch with those inner thoughts of my brain helps me decide my spiritual awakenings in order to become a better leader, better CEO, better father, better human being. Um, and if I do look to create an origin of some sort, which I've been very silent about, I've been very silent about, um, for the reason of that, I, I had the golden movement, obviously that was like a, a large scale organization. People were going crazy about that. Um, and it's a thought school. It's a thought school. And, and I didn't want to create a thought school until I was ready to create a thought school. And my job is to come up with as clear of a thought school in my own head as I can before I bring that out into the world. I don't want to create a totem pole that has a weak foundation. I don't want to create a business that has a weak foundation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you do meditation every day? Every day. I do meditation every day. And I get distracted every day and continue to talk about things down long trails. Like I just so is that like, is that just like you wake up in the morning and you just go 30 minutes? Because I still struggle with it and I'm trying to. Yeah. Because like I'm having like all sorts of, I mean, I'm getting, I'm on the, the tail end of it, like crazy health issues. And I really believe in the whole idea that you can heal your body just through your mind. Yeah. And I'm trying to learn that more. And yeah. like just being able to stay consistent with the meditation, I've struggled with so hard. Like yeah. what is, what is your like, where do you go? Like what, how, how do you just meditate? You just sit there wherever you are. It doesn't matter. Are you on your bed? Are you in your chair? Okay. A couple things. Number one, visualizations, big help, big, big help. Okay. Visualization, visualize your, where your awareness is. You can close your eyes and think about this spot. You can just think about it and all you'll feel, you'll feel your awareness is coming to the spot. Like it's like, I can pull my concentration. You know, when you're like, let's say you're playing pinball, I'll bring it to like civilian life. Okay. You're playing pinball and you're looking at, at, at the pinball, you know, and you're really watching it and you're staying with it. Your concentration's on that. You can do that in your own head when everything's silent. Okay. I think people get discouraged very easily when like little thoughts pop up and it's like, well, how could you not? I mean, look at this thing. Like it's in our heads all day, like notification, notification, notification. My, my, I feel like my phone's buzzing when it's not. So in order for us to shut off our minds, you got to understand, like, it's not going to be a, you're not going to just sit down and go, Bonk, and you're gone. You know, it's like, it takes a very diligent training practice. They were doing this in Tibet for decades before they even thought they were good at it. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, it's, it's a part of human life to learn and, and, and master your mind.
So there's that. And visualization of concentration is massive. I use dark rooms. So I'll go into like a closet and I'll sit there in the closet and I will meditate um, until I feel that it's time for me to come out. And so like I can be in there for two hours. I've done that many times. So just deep breathe and just do the, just focus on your breathing. I'm gone. Yeah. I do it when I'm getting a tattoo. I like, I'll go zonked. I'll zonk out. Like the pain of the tattoo won't affect me because I'm like, I'm not in my head. You got, like, I think this is the second thing I was going to talk about, about that. I think people have to come to this understanding if you want to, I guess. I'll always, I always frame it that way. You don't have to, I guess. I'll say you have to, but that's like a more of aggressive term, but I, you don't have to, you can, you can, if you want to, you can come to this mentality. The mentality right. is, the mentality is, is that you are not, first of all, you're not the body. Number one, let's separate you from that. Okay. And then after that, let's separate you from the ego, like who your personality is, who you are, right? Like just, and I know it's so much easier said than done. And even when you say it, even when you think you master it, you haven't. It's like getting to the person behind the ego that makes the initial decisions of thought way deep down past the psychological barriers of like, I've experienced these traumas. These experiences have shaped my beliefs. Uh, this is the person that I am. This is how I act, whatever it may be. I'm talking, get to the conscious decision maker in your brain beyond your psychology. Damn. Yeah, that's something that we're all, I'm always trying to get better at. I mean, just I love how you, you mentioned it. The whole your whole life is spent trying to master the mind. Yeah. And, and if you're not focusing on it and studying it, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that's controlling everything. It's controlling everything. You can't breathe without it. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't do I mean, nothing. People are like, I mean, imagine this. You're getting lost. People get lost every night in their minds, in these dream worlds that are created in their minds. How about this? Um, mental illness as a whole. Like, imagine the, the corridors, the labyrinth of the mind that these people are stuck in. They can't get out. And you're like an unthankful person thinking you could just master meditation because you did like 10-minute guided on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's hard, dude. I mean, the whole, the whole part of it is like human power stems from within in the sense of, uh, oh, okay, let's talk about this real quick, real quick. How much time do I have, by the way? Because I'll keep talking to you all day. I, I'm all in. So I'm all in for as long as you're here. <laughs> okay, cool. So watch this. Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi, Abraham Lincoln. Start, you know, pick a, pick a leader. And, and let's talk about what power is, what power is. This, this is the thing that took me a long time to learn because I'm a power-hungry individual. But power-hungry had such a negative connotation. Because you hear power hungry and you're like, oh, damn, I don't know about that. Like power hungry. Why are you power hungry? Like, you, don't need, you know, but power is to be able to move, move. You know what I'm saying? Like to be able to take and create, to, to, to change and twist. Power is an inner thing. Like their minds, these leaders that I just mentioned, their minds were so dead set in a state that they would move people just by being. And that's what power was. And power can very well be used for evil or good. That, I mean, that's, we, we can start naming people right now. I know people came to your mind when I say evil. You're like, oh, boom, 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 boom. I know those people who use power for evil. And, and you'll, associate, you'll associate power with being evil because those people use power for evil. The thing about it is that we have to grasp as human beings that we are insanely powerful, everyone individually, number one. Number two, you use power with grace. And if you can use power with grace, you know, then you've now, who else is going to beat the powerful bad guys? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, 
power doesn't cease to exist because you don't chase it. Power exists. There's a reason for, there's a word for it. We've connotated it. We, all the computers have decided to put it into a book of words that mean something. You know what I'm saying? And because we've decided that power now exists and now that, and power is an enticing thing to get if you're a bad guy, you know what I'm saying? So being a good guy and, and like, I see a lot of people and this is just their personal, like, this is their personal vendetta. They got to make this decision themselves, but pushing away from power because you're a good guy is doesn't make you a better guy. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't. In my opinion, you need good guys to be powerful in order to be the bad guys. If Superman was really weak, he wouldn't be able to save anybody. You know what I'm saying? And power comes from like this, this state of knowingness. And it's really hard to explain in human language. They might even, not even human language, English language. Look at me, American as hell. Um, <laughs> in the English language, they might even made it that way on purpose. I can't even explain to you what I'm talking about. It's like there's a state beyond being that you live in, in the knowing and, and understanding of. And when you were in that state, you are the most powerful. Is that like spiral dynamics a little bit? Yeah, I mean, if you want to compare it, if you want to compare it to like a, a school of thought, I'd say the closest thing, the closest thing that I've seen is, I'm, I'm interested to say this. Um, if they want to start off, if they want to start off, I think NeoThink is a great way to start off. NeoThink, NeoThink, the new age of thought. I think it's a good book to start off with. I don't like to get too deep. I don't like to go too far. Rabbit hole, you told me to start and I'll just keep going. But like, I believe this, and this is my personal opinion. So screw me. And it's people, there are people on the planet who know how to master the mind the most and master power. And with power comes the ability to change human um, computers. And when you change human computers, you change reality. I mean, that's as simple as that. The more powerful people there are, the more computers they can change because they're surging people. And when you surge people, you change how things are. I got to, ooh, this is interesting. I got to talking to my friend, okay, Nicholas Odom. And he says, he like, he like scratches a lot. He like, he like scratches a lot, okay? And I'm like, dude, why are you itching yourself, okay? And he's like, it's not itching, it's scratching. And I was like, what if everyone got together, started calling it itching? And he was like, well, it wouldn't be because it is scratching. I'm like, well, if the majority got together like, and decided that it became itching, would it then become itching and scratch? Like, we control this. It's not sedentary is what I'm trying to say. And uh, yeah, I think if, if you want to attain power and be an inspirational individual, whether that be in your workplace, whether that be in your business, whether that be in your household, I think it's an important thing to cultivate and it starts from inside your head. Damn. And then besides meditation, are you, do you find the gym is a huge thing for you? Are you eating three square meals a day? Are you, did you outsource your meals? Okay. Um, thing I use, this is a shameless plug because he's a friend of mine, but Dr. John Jaquish, he was a personal friend of Tony Robbins. He's a partner of Tony Robbins and many of his inventions um, created an X3 bar. And I love this thing. Okay. That's what I'm using right now. I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, we're busy. We're entrepreneurs. Finding time to hit the gym is very difficult. Um, and he has, he's a doctor. I mean, he's got the science behind it and I love his research. I've looked into it like pretty heavily and I don't follow all of his dietary restrictions because he's a carnivore. He's a carnivore diet. It's just so crazy. Like humans, you know, like what yeah. we decided to do, like everyone's doing something different, you know? True. And, uh, he, and I think it's good that we decided to do something different because everyone's physiology, now, by the way, I'm speaking out of ignorance, I don't know. But I'll say everyone's physiology, in my eyes, seems to be different and respond different to different diets. 
So you got to find what makes you feel best um, and constantly be testing yourself, you know? Like, how can I go to doctors and get myself tested over and over again to like see the stats of my body and then change those stats? It's very simple in my eyes. Science in general comes down to that. But right. yeah, um, I intermittent fast. So I only eat between two and six right now. Um, I eat two meals. Um, I stay straight on salad um, pretty much. Whatever I throw in a bowl. I have a huge, two huge bowls per day, okay? And I put like a bunch of lettuce in there, like all different kinds of lettuce and stuff, like tomatoes, mushrooms, whatever, like typical salad stuff. You know what I'm saying? One of them has meat, one of them does not, okay? So I've been doing every day. So it, and I feel, oh, here's the big thing that I believe in. I believed in for a very long time that I, I, I know there's advancements in this field. Actually, mm. Luke's, Luke's working on them is vitamins. I've been super big on vitamins, but I've been big on vitamins since I was like 15. Micronutrients, we don't get them, bottom line. You know what I'm saying? Wherever you want to get them from, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? I've been doing, um, I try to find organic vitamins, extended release vitamin Cs, multivitamins built for me. Um, but yeah, vitamins, I think makes the skin pop, makes the skin good. Um, and I think it keeps you energized. If you, don't have, if you don't have micronutrients, you're dying. Plus, um, it keeps you from being sick and being sick sucks. So. Yeah. Yeah. Being sick does suck. Absolutely. <laughs> being sick sucks so much. It's crazy because I've had this, um, you know, I still have a long way to go, but I've had this basically stomach thing called SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. And oh. there's all sorts of shitty symptoms that go with it. And it's like the stomach thing. And recently I did something called an elemental diet. It's, uh, I don't know if you saw it on like the Instagram story, I was being a clown yeah. about it, but the elemental diet is basically a, uh, a diet that was originally developed for astronauts. And it's basically pre-digested macronutrients in its pre-digested, in its pre-digested form. So I might've said that wrong. And what basically does it look like? it's just powder. It's like a meal replacement. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's literally you just add water, but it's all the nutrients you need to survive basically. And um, what happens is your, your intestines are like, you know, 12 feet long, your large intestine or whatever. So it gets, in, it gets dissolved in the first two feet of the intestines, this formula, so that it gives the next 10 feet of intestines time to heal because it's not feeding any of the bacteria, but you're still getting enough nutrients to like be alive, be healthy and all that. So it oh gives your God. body a complete reset. It's great for people with IBD, IBS and all that. And dude, I'm not going to lie for like the first time in two years, no joke, like I woke up and I like get out of bed and I'm not so fatigued and just feeling like something's wow. weighing me down. And for me, it's completely destroyed me over the past six months. Thank God for my friends, my family, you know, businesses and stuff that I've been able to focus on me. But like wow. that thing's really changed my life. And I, 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 there are so many people that are operating on not a, a, of the level they should be at because they might be eating like me. I was eating the dopest shakes, man. Like the mm -hmm. most hemp. You know, hemp seeds, chia seeds, all the different types. I know you were, yeah. I saw all that. Stuff, like, <laughs> Jeff Jones up in this stuff. But I would still feel like shit. Like yeah, I would, yeah. I would, and I'm like, come on. Like I'm eating Earth's nectar. Like I am right. sipping the juice and I would be so tired. And it's because my body's not even absorbing any of the nutrients because stomach, leaky gut, all that. There was just so much damage in my intestines. Wow. So it's just very interesting. Like you said, every, like, just filling those gaps, getting to optimal nutrition, getting your brain to work well. And for you, for someone like you, you're like an Elon Musk in my mind. You're going to do things that are going to just change the in world because you believe it so much. Mm -hmm. Live it so much. Like if you guys follow Michael Valor on Instagram, you're just like, boom, like he hits you <laughs> with this energy of just like, what up, guys? This is Michael Valor here. And I'm boom, boom, boom. 
I am driving my car and I just drove it so straight, so good. Like you're just like <laughs> everything you do, you do That's it. That's hilarious. You do it so on point, and you're just like macro testing yourself. You're like very close to almost like a computer. With, Thank you. With a human side. Thank you. I love that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Um, one of the things I work on is I try to uh, integrate with other people. So I like whenever I'm speaking to someone, okay, I'll throw out certain different mannerisms. Like maybe I'll get closer, I'll get further away. And like, I'll like at react to how, what they're saying a little bit differently, or I'll send certain things out to see how they respond to stimulus. This is really good in business because then you start to react to people and you like start to build these relationships. Uh, let's say like when you're in a romantic relationship, let's say you got a friend, let's say you got a business partner, whatever it is, and you know how they respond to certain stimulus, you can really start to like, control and understand how the relationship grows and gets better. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's pretty incredible. Like we're all responding to stimulus all the time. Yeah, that's true. Everything's, that's what we're doing. Yeah. I guess we're just kind of walking around getting stimulated and just responding at all seconds. Guy walks up to you, puts his hand on your chest. You respond a different way than another guy does. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know? Girl walks up to you. She winks at you. You respond a different way than another guy does. Then you watch those stimulus from that person. You could tell how they're going to react to other things. Very interesting. Dude, this just fascinates me. Life just fascinates me. And where, where, so where does Michael Valor see himself five, 10 years from now? Like, where do you see your, like, how, like, what's the dream life that if you could, if everything went to plan, which it never does, but right. for someone like you, you would fail your way to the top. Yep. What would be, what would be, what's the dream right now? Cool. Um, so the dream would be in the first, in the, in the next three years, is to really develop impact marketing as a concept in advertising as a whole. Advertising, like in general, people understanding impact marketing and revolutionizing the hospitality space and small business advertising space, um, which we are doing. We're competing. We're net. I mean, we're destroying right now. Main Street Hub just sold to GoDaddy for 123 million. Product offering right around the same price as ours. Our guarantees are 10x. Okay. And the reason being because we're small, we can pivot faster. I could train faster. I could build build out systems faster. I got my ear to the ground as to like what new technologies are coming out, right? The whole idea is the integrated simplified thinking that I'm talking about that I can problem solve quicker. Anyway, three years, knock that out. Okay. I, like, I don't know if Valamedia is going to sell. I don't know if I'm going to continue to build it after three to five years. Um, either way, I've got three or four companies right now laid out in front of me. All of it's made for infrastructure build out and monetary success to, to the umpteenth degree. Mm. Once that's finished, I am probably going to go into weapons development first and foremost, weapons development and defense um, and start working on, I have like a lot of helmet designs. You know, I built a bus station that they sold in Shanghai called the Eco Seat. And I built that with two engineers. They told me it was going to cost $100,000. I spent $4,000 on development for that, for that product. $5,000 on like the custom tooling to build it. And then it sold in Shanghai. Um, that was like one of my first inventions. Next one I'm trying to do is Are like you a helmet. patent on that? No, I don't care. If someone steals it, they steal it. Right. You just want to do it for fun. I mean, my thing about it is it's like, go ahead and steal it. I'll make another thing. That's the whole beauty of being like who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, why am I, you know, I'm yeah, taking time out to make sure you don't steal my bus shelter. Like I got other things to do, man. That's so, very, very Elon Muskish again. <laughs> you know, like, uh, it's just, I don't want to look anywhere but forward. So look, five years, six years down the line, probably what's going to happen is I'm going to have, um, there's a cheap way to do this and there's an expensive way to do this. I do, um, a remote lab situation, um, with like camera setups for engineers in like 
uh, another country freelancer kind of deal. And you could pay the engineers. Like these guys have master's degrees, like doctorates, they're geniuses and they'll take like 30,000 a year. You know what I'm saying? And you can start really testing some stuff out and building it with them. I'd like to build something concrete, very physical product first. I'm working on this thing called an ICE unit. I've been doing it for a while. Um, they're like, it's a firefighter helmet and basically it has like voice projectors. So like when they're in buildings, people can hear them. It's got thermal sensing. It's all voice activated, like your phone, like Siri, but like you could be like, um, helmet, uh, thermal sense. And then you could see people and then you could say helmet megaphone. And you could say like anyone in here, like, you know, without having to be like a fireman in just a plastic helmet or whatever, you know, like you can, you know, there'll be cooling tech. We'll have the oxygen tanks hooked up to the front. Like there's, there's design discrepancies that aren't happening in the current day and age. I'd like to take that and then turn it into like a uh, military type of contract down the line. That'll probably be in six, seven years. Helmet. We're going underwater. Boom. Submerge. Yeah. I'd like, I'm serious. Like there's really no reason all the technology is there. It's just integrating them together. Dude. Wow. Woo. Oh man. Again, it's just being near you. You get this energy, you get these vibes for everyone listening. It's like surround yourself with people like Mike, but to be able to be around someone like Mike, you got to increase, you got to level up because people want to be around people that they gain, that they learn, that they, it's mm -hmm. a mutual relationship. And that's what this whole thing's all about. Connecting the most smart, amazing people in this world to each other to make moves and make big differences. So Mike, I mean, there's two staples that I like to ask everybody. And it's just kind of like yeah. the, the boom, bada boom. And it starts number one, you could go back in time for you, typically I say right after college, right? But you're just yeah. on another, you're on this different planet and you started this journey at like 16. Mm -hmm. If you could have went back in time at 16 years old right now, you got like two to three minutes, whatever, and you're staring in front of yourself like you're having like, I don't know, you took acid and now you're like, what the hell? I'm looking at myself. You're like, listen, Mike, you got two minutes. I got three things to tell you. What would be some things that you would have told yourself that would have saved you a ton of time, money, and maybe just problem? You know what I'm saying? I would have said invest in Jeff Bezos. Um, <laughs> uh, I would have been like, read the Kabbalion, um, focus on operational infrastructure and stick with marketing until you have too much money you don't, don't know what to do with. That's what I would have said. Stick with one thing. I'm like, if you guys are changing up what you're doing very consistently, you're, that's just not smart. It, it, from a business standpoint, you got a market. There's a market. The market has competitors. You compete against their product. Your advantage is that you're smaller and you're faster. You're newer. You can come up with new things. See what your competitors are doing. Match what they're doing. Take the price a little bit higher. Offer way freaking more. Modularize it down. Now you got a product. And you can pick that for any industry. Go to any industry, pick any company, and you can compete with them right now. Yeah, that's it. That's the recipe. What, what's like, what resource do you think would educate someone on operational development? the fastest if you had to is there any way to learn it without just physically going out and doing it uh, i'm a big believer in a blank paper and pen if you really just sat there and you said it's a blank paper and piece and a pen piece of paper and i'm like okay create a job like write down a job okay this guy does my post this guy writes my post this guy posts my post and write down exactly what the jobs are and then middle management operations manager looks over all of their tasks here is the checklist that he looks over. This is how you create an organization and not a self-employed entrepreneur. Boom. And dude, Mike, this is it. This is the bing bada boom. So there's people right now that are working, say a nine to five, maybe they're just doing it. You know, they're making um, 
great money. Maybe they're making, you know, freaking 10 grand a month. Like life's great. They got great benefits. They work for a great place. Um, and you know, they're doing their thing and, or maybe there's someone that's working a nine to five. They hate their job. They hate their life. They don't feel like they're learning anything. They just feel like they're stuck. They feel like they're just trying to pay bills and then they use that money just to feed their health. And they're just in this crappy feedback loop. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that person that really wants to get into entrepreneurship that wants to bust out of that, that thinking of like, I need to depend on someone. They want to work for themselves and they just don't know where to start. Like they're right on the edge of making that decision. What would you say to kind of kind of push them off that edge? Ready? All right. So we got, I don't know if you've ever seen Black Mirror, but there's just one episode where this guy goes up and he pedals every single day. He's just pedaling on this bike every single day. Okay. He pedals on the bike for these credits. He uses the credits to then promote, like he gets this one shot, you know, to like actually like sing in front of everybody and be like a famous guy. Okay. All right, cool. It's like that with your job right now. Like if you're working a job and you want to stop working jobs, just listen to me real quick. You, you make your money, you minimize your budget, okay? Your entertainment spending goes out the window. This guy was eating apples. He wasn't eating real dinners. He had to spend his credits wisely. Save the credits, okay? Credits get stacked, 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 stacked. You get a whiteboard. You write down all the ways people are making six figures, quarter million dollars on the board, okay? You've got... Amazon automation, you got social media agencies, you got Forex, you got network marketing, you got real estate, right? Whatever it is, you write those down. Then I want you to pick three people who are good at every one of those things, okay? You pick the thing that speaks to you the most and what type of lifestyle you see those three people living. You listen to them, you take down your notes, and you make a solid plan before you get started, cool? You develop a product or a service that beats something else in the market of which you chose, and then you develop it and make it so freaking amazing, whatever it is, whatever development that is, you make it so amazing that it'd be stupid for clients not to sign up or prospects not to join your business or whatever. You make it so freaking stupid not to do it. They will have to. And that's how you win. Boom. There it is, guys. Michael Valor, everybody. Dude, I need to do a round two in the future. I got to keep checks on you. This okay, has been cool. such an honor to be just your friend, to follow you on Instagram, just to see you making moves, man. You inspire so much people and you're just the real deal, dude. You're authentic. You're real. And you lay it all on the table and your relationship show, man. You're just a, you're an inspiration. I appreciate you so much. Dude, thank you. That's amazing. That was great to hear. Seriously. I mean, I'm just telling the truth. So uh, that's what we have to do. You know what I'm saying? All right, guys. With that said, Akuna Matata, how can uh, people contact you, Mr. Valor? How can people uh, follow you? At the Michael Valor on Instagram. I'm active 24-7. I got my text on there. You can literally hit text and it's my personal number. All right, man. Till next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Len Jones Party of Two. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to stay up to date on our new episodes. And remember, hope is not a strategy. Keep making moves. Till next time, peace.